Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. God. I want to share a message with you. I'm going to try my best. It's, it is a special service, so, so take, turn off your phone, put it under your seat, take off your watches. Um, t- just don't worry about that, though I'm going to respect your time as well, but just don't worry about that stuff today. Just because it's special. We had testimonies. We had kids, and um, very important that we have the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen? I want to share a message with you, and to title this message, the best that I could do is t- it's going to be titled this, and you can write this down in your notes. It's titled, We Will. Say that with me. We will. We will. One more time. We will. we will. Well, the question is, we, I'm, asking, I'm telling you to say we will, but we will what? Because that could be dangerous. It could be extremely dangerous. We will. But what <laughs> is, is the thing? And, and I'm not going to leave you hanging. I, mean, I want to give you a vision. I want to give you an understanding of what we will. We will what? Well, we will see. Just, just hold on for a little while, but we will see what we will do exactly. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I was blessed by this, and, and really the Lord, like he always does, led me to this as I was preparing specifically for uh, our 11th year. And, you know, I, I started to think about 11 years and what have I learned in 11 years. And um, that could have been my message in itself, like what have I learned in 11 years. Um, but I won't necessarily do that, but I, I will tell you that I've, I've learned a lot. And I'm still learning a lot, but I've learned many things even about myself and about people and about God. Uh, um, Eleven years has been interesting, and, and um, I have no plan. I, I plan on, I, I hope that God gives me the health, the mind, the energy to never retire. And, and what I mean is um, that, that I could, till I'm old and gray, and my voice is shot, I, I pray that I could go, I could go like that. With, with my ministry and with what God, whatever God calls me to. Amen? And I pray you have the same heart and the same desire for the work that the Lord calls you to, that it's forever. It's the day you go to be with him. So what have I learned 11 years? Too much to, to say. But I will say I, I know that I still don't know much. I still When I started, so what are you going to do exactly? I have no idea. And on the 11th year, what are you going to do? Right now? I have no idea. There's some vision. There's some stuff there. There's some plans, especially for the new year. Some, uh, um, some very big things that, that our church, and we're going to start voicing it to the leadership. Um, it, I mean, I can't wait for 2019. But I know that, number one, I still don't know much. But I, I've learned that in me not knowing much, I know that he knows, and I've learned that he knows all things. I know that I still, I still feel unqualified. After 11 years, I still feel unqualified. But I know that in my feeling unqualified, he qualifies those he calls. And he's affirmed that, and he assures that. He, he qualifies the ones he calls. And all I can say is thank you for that, Lord. Uh, I know another thing is that I am weak. I am, I am extremely weak. Okay? Maybe the weakest one in this building. I am weak. But in my weakness, I have truly learned that he is strong. And these are things that I've learned in 11 years. I mean, they're things that I've preached before. Because they make good points, and the Bible teaches them. But it's different when you experience that in which you teach. So I've experienced my weakness. 
and I've experienced his strength in my weakness. That's different than just teaching on it because then you could teach it from, I know I'm weak and I know he's strong. And that's powerful. And I've learned these things in 11 years. I've learned that my failures, and I have many failures, many failures, and I have failed, or maybe I should say it that way, I have failed many times. Many times I have failed. But what I could truly say today is that he has used every single one of those failures as lessons to grow me in this life. How about you? And, 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 and what, a, what a beautiful thing that is. So, so imagine where else we could go with that. But I, but I do want to share on Joshua because exiting our 10th year, entering our 11th year, the Lord, towards, the, towards now, towards the end of the year, if you've been here for a little while and you've been to midweek, you'll notice that I've been sticking to Joshua. I've been quoting, I've been mentioning, and I've been speaking of Joshua a lot. And it's because the Lord has me in the book of Joshua. And I'm just reading it, and I'm just talking about it, and I'm just seeing what that means for us, for me. I don't know, whatever it is that the Lord wants to show. And, and as, I, as I've been looking into uh, Joshua, I've been looking specifically into his leadership. Into Joshua's leadership as, Joshua, as Moses' successor. And that's very important because I want you to understand... I want you to understand that that is not an easy task. Please listen to me. I'm speaking to you about Joshua today. But as I speak to you about Joshua, remember who he's following. He's following Moses. I mean, you're next in charge. You're next in line. You are the commander, and you're following the footsteps of Moses. I I think we would all agree that there's no way that's an easy task. We, We say things like what? Those are tough shoes to fill and stuff like that. And, 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 and we need to understand that I'm talking about Moses. And Joshua is now to pick up where Moses left off. And Moses was not just an, this ordinary leader. I, don't, I do not believe that Moses was just an ordinary lead, leader. I, I think he was an ordinary man. But when God started to work in his life and to grow him, this, this, this ordinary man became an extraordinary leader. And it was through the, it was through the power of God. Okay, it, it was through the work of God in his life. Moses did have many flaws. If you have flaws in this room, like Moses who had many flaws, can you just raise your hand and say, I'm with Moses, I have many flaws. Well, praise God for your honesty. I have many flaws. Moses had many flaws. Moses made, if you've ever read through those scriptures and you've studied the life of Moses, you'll see that Moses made many mistakes. And he could have, he's known to have, been, have had a bad temper as well. I mean, mistakes and a bad temper, and he couldn't control it at times. But, but, what's, but there are some highlights and some significant things that stick out about Moses. You know, when you look at the way that he spoke to the Lord, and the way the Lord spoke to him, man, that is, that is mind-blowing when you start reading that stuff in Scripture. Okay? Like, he was bold in the way he spoke to the Lord. And the Lord, the way he spoke to him. I mean, the way he prayed... You know, you read about Moses and you see that he prayed and he moves God's heart at times. I mean, God was going to wipe out a people and Moses was like, wait, 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 I need to talk to you, God. And I got to pray. And because you prayed, Moses, I will will restrain myself from annihilate. Like, like, can you imagine what a prayer like that you change the mind of God in a sense? Your prayer moves God. Like what a relationship, what intimacy a man must have with God that he could come up to the mountain and say, God, I know you want to destroy, but because your servant stands before you, destroy me before you destroy any of them. 
And God honors him. God sees his heart. God sees his love. I mean, how close to God is one that prayer can move God? Have you prayed and have you seen God move on the behalf of your prayer before? Moses prayed and he would see God move on his behalf. I mean, what an honor that is. Moses, at the end of his life, he has people, he has the, the, the children of Israel, the Israelites, in close, in close distance to the promised land. Like right over this mountain, baby, we're, we're at the promised land. And he's almost there. He delivers them from the most powerful king and the most powerful nation being Egypt and Pharaoh. And he causes a mass exodus to a land that, the, look at, listen to this, that a land that the Lord had promised. And this is how the Lord, def, I said define the nest. This is how the Lord defines the promised land. A land that is flowing with milk and honey and he doesn't end there. And it was the most glorious of all lands from God's mouth. It's the, it's the most glorious of all lands. It flows with milk and honey. And this is where Moses is, there. Moses is right there. He's almost there. And he brings everyone to the entrance of the promised land. And, 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 and to lead them. And, and, and as he gets to the promised land, you can't forget the ministry and the life of Moses. You know, we can't just look at his ending. Like, don't... Don't look at Moses, man. Shame on you if you say, well, Moses never made it to the promised land. No, but he made it through the wilderness. Don't knock on, on that pastor's heart. Because if you study the scripture in the mountain of transfiguration, his feet touched the promised land. He made it. He made it in the New Testament to the promised land. And, and you look at his life, and, and he had to take him through the wilderness for 40 years. Where, and, and, and man, what, you're like, wow, we, we always like knock on him. 40 years, it could have taken 11 days, but because of their stubbornness and their disobedience, that's why. Yes, we're, we're 100% accurate with that. But God used their disobedience and their rebellious heart for his glory and for his purpose. You know how I know that? Because in those 40 years in the wilderness, the Lord gave them the law. I don't know if he would have been able to do that in 11 days. But he caused it to happen within 40 years. He gave them the law. He gave them, he gave them so much. What else did he give them in the wilderness? Anyone want to take a shot at it? He gave them his home. He gave them the tabernacle. And all the rules and all the, all the details of the tabernacle that was going to point to Jesus in the New Testament. Think about all the things that were given to them in the wilderness. Don't necessarily always look at the wilderness as a bad place. Because you, when you get to glory and you meet some of the children of Israel, you meet Moses, they're going to tell you that the greatest moments of their life was the 40 years in the wilderness. And they wouldn't change it for the world. You guys don't believe me when I say that, huh? What else happened in the 40 years in the wilderness not only the law not only the tabernacle but the ark of the covenant was given there the holy of holies was there i mean there were special moments and now here's joshua and joshua is now to follow this man's footsteps moses you guys are understanding this moses's footsteps i'm not being i'm not like oh joshua is following joe I'm not knocking any Joes here. I love, there's a Joe here that I love very much. I'm not knocking Joes. I'm, I just stuck with the Js. But, but I want you to understand, like, it, it wasn't just a, I'm, 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 I'm following the footsteps of, of, of Moses. And he would lead now God's people to where Moses could, would only dream of leading. 
them, which was the promised land. Moses was an amazing leader. And Joshua saw him every day of his life. Not only did Joshua see him, but Joshua was elevated to a position of assistance and was able to walk close to Moses. And when you walk close to someone for for a while, for any amount of time, guess what you see? Come on, what do you see? You see their good and you see their bad. You see their highs and you see their lows. You see their strengths and you see their weaknesses. Come on, some of you have walked with me for a while and you've seen my highs and my lows, my strengths and my weaknesses, my good days and my bad days. And all that is is a reminder that the king, the glory, all of it belongs to him. It's the king, it's our Messiah, it's, our, it's all his because this is who I am. <laughs> How many of you are this? And, and Joshua walked close enough to him where he see Moses good and bad. When he saw Moses crying before the Lord in prayer to then the next day maybe see him acting stubbornness towards the Lord and rebellion towards the Lord, whatever. He soaked it in every moment of it. And he learned from Moses. He learned from his failures. He learned from his victories and his successes and so on. And Joshua steps up to the scene and now he would be one of the finest leaders that the children of Israel would ever have. Yes, he would. One of the greatest leaders in Israel's history is a man named Joshua. I want to read from from a study Bible. The ESV study Bible describes this transition like this. And and I'm not going to say I came up with this, but, but listen to this. It says, as Moses' assistant, Joshua accompanied him at least partway up Mount Sinai. Look at the things that Joshua did. He also assisted Moses at the tent of meeting where the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Joshua was there. He would go up to the mountain where God would speak to him. He would go to the tent of meeting where God would speak to Moses. Joshua was always there. Joshua was among the 12 men who were sent to explore the land of Canaan. We know that in Numbers 13. He also joined Caleb in exhorting, encouraging the people to trust God for victory in Numbers 14. To act in faith for which only he and Caleb among their generation were allowed to enter into the promised land. Because of such boldness, because of such faith. He was more than just a mere assistant. Joshua was prepared by these and other experiences to become Moses' successor. We're celebrating 11 years, but in those 11 years, there have been great experiences. And there are experiences in Joshua's life, like our experiences in years of ministry, or your experiences in this journey with the Lord. It is teaching you something for this current and present day for you to lead more effectively than you've ever led before. Whether it's your family, whether it's your business, whether it's your friends, but you're called to lead different today because of the growth through the experiences that you went through yesterday and the years before in this journey and that's what's going on in his life near the time of his death when Moses requested that a successor be appointed the Lord instructs Moses commission Joshua he is a man whom the spirit is upon pray over him and Joshua was to be the one who leads into the promised land Deuteronomy chapters 1, chapter 3, chapter 31. And and he was to appoint among the 12 tribes and the generations all the land that was given to them. It's taught, listen, if I were to put a picture of current Israel today, it was much bigger during the days of Joshua. And he was going to give the 12 tribes their land. And, And as the book of Joshua opens, Moses dies. And it's time for Joshua to finally step into the scene full of the spirit, full of wisdom. 
And Moses lays, in Deuteronomy chapter 34, Moses lays his hands on him and, 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 and sets him apart and presents him before the assembly and sends him out to be the next leader of the children of Israel. It's a powerful moment in his life. And I want to, I want to, I want to share it with you. When it was time for him to pick up the mantle of leadership, the mantle of shepherd, the mantle of general, of commander, the Lord speaks this to Joshua. And let's start off in the first chapter, chapter 1, verse 1. And let's look at the encounter between God and Joshua as he steps into the scene to be the next leader of the children of Israel. Let's do this. Ready? If you're there, give me an amen. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, may we be called the Lord's servant once we die. The Lord spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. The Israelites across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. And look at verse 3. I promise you what I've promised Moses. That wherever you set foot, you will be on land and I've give, that you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River to the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you, nor will I abandon you. How many of you can say amen? Come on, think about when you hear this. Think about when he hears this. And I just stopped at five verses. Imagine when he hears this. What does that do to someone like Joshua? Like what does that do to someone like Joshua? When, when the Lord says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you, nor will I abandon you. What do you think that does inside of Joshua? What, what do you think it does? It encourages. Joshua is a war man. You know what that does? Let's go to war. If, if he's saying I'm never going to lose, I got some battles to fight. Does that sound familiar? If God says he's with me and he's going to stand for me, then I got some battles to fight. We're not, I'm not, seriously, as a church, as a nest, as a ministry, as a people, as Christians, we're not going to run away from the battle. But if the Lord is with us, if the Lord stands with us, if we are his beloved, then what? We enter into every battle knowing that we don't stand alone in battle, but we stand with the one who fights battles for us. And, and imagine what that does to a child. Imagine what that does to a leader like Joshua when he says, when he says things like, you're going you're gonna to do these great things and, and, and I'm going to be with you and nothing's ever going to come against you. I'm thinking he stands up with his chest a little bit more elevated and puffed up and he says I'm going to conquer the world I feel like that sometimes you know I'm going to conquer the world you know God starts moving then the first battle comes well I thought I was going to conquer the world you know you know you know it's it might be different, and I don't think it's like a faith. I just, I think it was just, um, it's the best word I could use. I, I think it was just um, from, the, from the, the truth of my heart. When, we, when, I, when, when I first was going to, when we were going to start this church, I, didn't, I wasn't like, we're going to win the city. And we're going we're gonna, to, 
become mega. Like none of that was ever established as a vision. It was just like, what are you going to do? I was like, um, we're going to have worship. And I'm going to preach. And we'll have callings. And, and um, we'll see what the Holy Spirit does. <laughs> I'm not saying the other stuff is bad. But, I mean, that's as far as that stuff went. Like, I, I was like, I, I have no idea. I was young. We had eight, ten people in a Starbucks. I mean, I don't know. What, what, are, you, what are you going to do? I was like, maybe start in Miami Lakes. I don't know. But we're going to love the Lord. We're just going to be. F- so we love the Lord. And we love the Lord in li- little living rooms. You guys understand that stuff, man? We love the Lord in little living rooms. And I like that because if the Lord ever, okay, so then the living rooms got a little bit bigger. But if you don't learn to love the Lord in the little, little living rooms, I don't know how, how that love necessarily in my life would develop in bigger living rooms. Uh, the obedience and the faithfulness in the living little, 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 little living rooms <laughs> does something when you get into the bigger living rooms. And we went to a second, to a third. I think it was four. If I'm not confused, I think it was four. And then here. And here's Joshua. And God's like, you're going to do all these things. And he, verse, let's just flow and you're going to see how this relates to us. Verse six. Okay, watch this, guys. I promise you all the land, right? Everything your foot touches, it's yours. No one's going to stand against you. I'll be with you as long. And then look at verse six. Be strong and courageous. For what? Everything's mine. Because what do you think God's really saying in between 5 and 6 that he's not saying? Oh, to get to 5, in between 5 and 6, you're going to go through a lot. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do all these things. But be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. And then you will be successful in everything you do. You should say amen for that one. Verse 8, study, study the law, study the book of instruction, meditate on it day and night, meditate on it, meditate, so that you will be sure to obey everything that is written in the book. Only then will you, Joshua, as a leader and as a people, will you prosper and succeed in everything and all that you do. The new King James says, the book of the law shall never depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Verse 9, this is my command. This is my command. He's repeating it again. Emphasis, emphasis, emphasis. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? God gives him the blueprint to success. I drew out the boundaries of all the land. It's all yours wherever your feet touches. These people are yours to lead. Amen. Think about all the stuff he's telling him. Come on. No one will ever be able to stand against you. What else does he tell him? I will not fail you nor abandon you. And then what does he say? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I am with you wherever you go. What is God telling Joshua? Don't worry about me. I will do my part. Yeah. I will, I am, I will, I will, I will. Don't worry about me. I am sure that none of my words fall void. I will do my part. 
But here's the end of the deal, ready? What's your end of the deal? Will you do your part, Joshua? Did Joshua, in the beginning of this inauguration as leader, did Joshua have a part to fulfill? Did any of you catch it? I will fight. I will give victory. I will stand with you. I will give you the land. I will, I will, I will. And Joshua's like, yes. But he says, I'm going to be faithful in all those things. But don't think for once that you don't have responsibility in this journey. Be, he, but here's your end. Ready? Be careful. And what does he tell Joshua? Come on. This is what he tells him. Be careful to obey what? All the instructions. Not some of it, not part of it. The whole book, you eat it, you chew it, you meditate on it, you digest it. Man, you, you take that thing in. You meditate on the whole book. The ones that I gave Moses, all the instructions, now I give it to you. Observe, New King James says, to do according to all of the law, which my Moses, my servant, commands you. He says, be careful to obey it. What does he tell them? What does he tell the new leader? Guys, this is so important for us in our 11th year. This is so important for us in our 20th year. And this is so important for us when we're old and gray and our children are the pastors and the leaders and the people that are running the ministry and we're just receiving from our children. You want to know what's important? This right here. Don't deviate. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Do not let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. If you keep this, then you will prosper everywhere you go. You will have good success, success in all you do. Moses is puffing out his chest, but then God's like, but you need to meditate on my word. You must never deviate. You must never turn to the side. You must obey all of it. You must meditate on it and teach it all to the, I mean, Okay, so I have some stuff to do in this. You know, I believe that when Joshua is receiving this message from the Lord, please understand this. He is having flashbacks of his childhood. I do believe that. I believe that in his maturity and his, in his older years, as Joshua is hearing this, he's having flashbacks of his parents. Don't you think? The ones who didn't make it to the promised land because of their disobedience. So when the Lord says, you need to do this, he's recognizing, he's telling me to do everything that mom and dad did not do. And the current leaders did not do. And I think that's what Joshua is going through here. They had received, listen to this, his flashbacks from the parents in the wilderness. They received so many blessings. They had seen so many signs, wonders, miracles. They, the God of heaven and earth fed them with manna each morning. They walked through bodies of water on dry land more than once. They, he, rem, he remembers as God is giving him all these things about Aaron, the, the, the priest and the priesthood that will come from him and the errors that Aaron made. He would remember about Moses and his, and his frustration and his anger who did not get to step foot into the promised land. And, and the Lord is remembering reminding him he's reminding Joshua you've had many great examples before you and honor the ones who made the path for you you you've had it many of these men have have pioneered the way for you this next generation but you also in seeing them you saw a lot of wrong Joshua in living close to them you heard a lot of wrong yes you honor them but, but now it's different. You will be the one to lead them to the promised land. So, so you honor them, but you learn as well from their shortcomings. One of, the, one of the worst things that we could do is not learn from shortcomings. It's not learn from someone's past mistakes in history and the mistakes that history has made. And what does he tell them? Never turn. Everyone say never turn. Never turn. 
Yeah, to the right or to the left. It's almost the New Testament when I think about he who is set for the kingdom of God. What must he do? The one whose eyes are on the kingdom of God must never look back. Must put his hand to the plow and never look back. You don't look left. You don't look right. You don't look back. You look on, like Paul says, to the upward prize, to that in which God has called you. You go forward. And he tells him, never turn. Number two, he says, never let my word leave your mouth. Sometimes people say, like, why do you wake up early in the morning? Because if I don't wake up early in the morning, I might go that day without his word in my life. And the most dangerous thing is that I don't have the word of the Lord inside of me for that day. We need the word of the Lord. Never let the word of the Lord depart. Number three, he says, meditate day and night. I love the word meditate because if you study it in the Hebrew, it is described as this action as being done. Watch this. Meditation being done in pleasure, in pleasure, and even in anger. You meditate on it. What does that mean? You meditate in his word, in the good and in the not so good, in the bad. You never, you, oh, life stinks. Things got hard. I'm just going to turn away from God. I'm just going to go the other way. I'm just going to find the easier path. No, you meditate in the good, in the difficult, and in the easy. In the mountain, in the valley. Whatever you feel or whatever you face, what is he telling him in the scripture? You study the word. You utter the word. You speak my word day and night. And if you do this, you prosper wherever you go. You have good success. How many of you can say amen? I love this. I love this because Joshua's story from here on out, listen to this, ready, is not an easy one. It's not an easy story. Like chapter one is beautiful, powerful, hooray, fireworks. But right after chapter one ends, bang, problem after problem after problem. I love that about Joshua because it teaches me his journey wasn't easy to the promised land. Come on, my journey should not be easy to the promised land either. Why, why would it be easy? Though the Lord promises him success and that he would prosper and that no one would stand against him. And I'll go wherever you go. Joshua had to fight battle after battle after battle. He had to fight king after king after king. He had to destroy kingdom after kingdom after kingdom. You get it. And if you don't believe me, study the book of Joshua. One time five kings conspired against him. Five kings. And he says, let's get him. Five kings came to war with Joshua. Five kings rose up. Guess what happened? Well, that day, five kings fell before him. <laughs> Why? Because he took what the Lord said serious. What's that? Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid, discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Five kingdoms came up, five kingdoms went down. How would you do it? Because I was strong and courageous. I wasn't afraid, and the Lord was with us. Okay. You should write a book on that. It wasn't an easy path to get to the place where they were settled in their promised land. Listen, it wasn't as easy as just to walk into it. It wasn't as easy as that. When people just want the easy road, oh, just take the easy path. It's not that easy. The path is not just this easy path that is set before us. Listen, we can learn from this and take something from it. And as the Ness, which has found and is finding deeper identification in Christ, we know that he is with us wherever we go. Amen? And we know that we will not. You can say that with me. We will 
but now I'm going to put we will not. That's where we're going. We will not. The message is titled, we will. Well, let's start with we will not. We will not. Well, let's learn from Joshua. We will not. We will not deviate. Amen. We will not turn. We will not let his word depart from our mouths. We will not be afraid. We will not be discouraged. I know that as I continue on my 11th year and as the years accumulate and multiply, I'm going to continue to say, we will not. Well, what do you mean we will not? I will never deviate from the truth. I will never turn to the side. I will stand on my convictions. We will not be afraid. We will not be discouraged. We will not. What makes you say that? Because the Lord is with us. We will not. On this 11th year, we will not. But after we say we will not, then there's a but. But what? But we will. Everyone say we will. Yeah, we will. And what does he tell Moses? Um, Joshua, we will meditate day and night. And, we, and whether it's pleasure or in anger, whether it's in suffering or in rejoicing, I will. I will keep going. Wait, what, did you see what happened to your family now? What are you going to do about it? Nothing. I will continue to serve the Lord my God. Did you see what happened in that church? What are you going to do about it now? Nothing. We're going to, we will continue to, to go after the Lord. We will. And that's what Joshua is reminded. We will meditate. We will be strong. We will be courageous. 11 years and we've kept on going. And I believe that in 11 years more, we're going to say the same thing. We're just going to, what are you going to do now? We're just going to keep on going. We're still here. And we're going to keep going with many changes that have happened in 11 years. With many things that have happened, battle after battle, king after king, land after land. I'm okay with our story not being an easy story. I'm okay with that stuff because the Lord promises in it not being easy that there is still success and that we still will prosper and that he is still with us wherever we go. Listen to me, Ness. It will not always be easy in the rest, the rest of the promised land. It also comes from living in obedience in every battle you face. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You know why? Because I don't need to step foot in the promised land. Because I'm coming to an identification where the promised land has stepped foot inside of me. And in that rest of the promised land, I could fight every battle and every battle that comes after that. Wow, you need to fight battles to get to your promised land. No, I'm fighting battles because now it's different. The promised land is in me. I mean, there's a difference in that stuff, you know. You know, like I'm not trying to get to Christ. Christ is in me. Christ is in you. He's in us. I'm not trying to do works to gain my salvation. I'm not trying to do works to, to prove that I'm good. I'm not trying to prove anything about myself because of my good works. I'm telling you that in my good works and in my bad works, if you get close to me, you'll see my ups and you see my downs. you see my ups and you may see my downs. But in my ups and in my downs, I'm telling you right now that Christ is in me and I will never deviate, turn, walk away from. But I will be courageous, strong, and brave. I'm going to keep going. There's success. There's prosperity. The kingdom is inside. Joshua fought battle after battle after battle after battle after battle after battle after king after king after king after kingdom after kingdom after kingdom. And he continued to come out victorious and prosperous. How does Joshua do it? Because God is with him. He said it from the beginning. He's with him. The moment that God says... You know what, Joshua, I'm no longer going to walk with you because of your disobedience. He loses his battles. He loses. It happened one time. It happened one time. 
where, where he went and they, they attacked him. And, and he came to the Lord, Joshua says, why? And he said, and, and, and may you learn from this mistake, Joshua. I think it was like 35 of your men died. And he was broken because he has to tell his family, his 35 husbands died. What do I do? Don't ever make that mistake again. And Joshua learned from his failures. 11 years, man. We keep going. It's not always easy. There's a rest of the promised land. But I know that the rest that is found in having the promised land, it actually comes from living in obedience with every battle that I face, with every experience that I go through. Will I be obedient in the next battle so that I can continue to live in peace in my heart with Christ Jesus? Come on. Hope you're not rejecting this stuff. It may not always be easy, but it will always be worth it. I can't sit here and say, bro, this 11 years has been the easiest thing. I don't know why pastors complain. I don't know why pastors die at an early age. I really don't. I don't know why, I don't know why pastors struggle with anxieties and depressions. And I've, It's been so easy for 11 years. No, the heck it has, man. One day I come in smiling, the other day I come in with a crooked smile. What happened to your smile? Half of me is, half of me is trying, the other half just gave up. Let me take half of it going. Battle after battle, come on. King after king, come on. Kingdom after kingdom, come on. What are you going to do about it? I will never deviate. What are you going to do then? I will be courageous. And what? I, he is strong. He is with me. It's not always easy. 11 years? No, it has not. But I will say this. Every day has been worth it. Every day has been worth it. Every day has been worth it. Do I want to give up at times? Absolutely. But have I ever, have I, these are two different questions. Have I ever wanted to quit up, quit up, quit Absolutely. Give up? Absolutely. But do I, ever, do I ever regret the initial decision to start this journey? Never. It was worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Come on. Is the journey that you have in Christ worth it? Really hope you get that. All right. I'm almost done. I guess the worship team could come up. But um, I'm going I'm to share two more. It's, we're going to stay in Joshua. Two more little passages and we're done. Listen to this. Listen to this. Joshua grows old. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Joshua grows old. <clears throat> and um, the rest of the promised land, you know, he's there. He's, he's experienced it. There's a lot of stuff that's happening here. But to get to this place where God's calling Joshua to, it wasn't easy, as I said, but maybe I should do this, actually. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I was going to skip it, but I'm going to go to Joshua 12 just so you could get an idea. Let's go to Joshua chapter 12. And just for fun, watch this. I'm going to start on verse 7. Look at, jo look at Joshua's leadership. Hey, you guys remember um, chapter 1? Just in case you forgot it. Come with me for a second. Come with me. Just pause. Pause for a moment. Be strong, courageous, right? Or, or let's, let's skip that. Let, let's, let's go to my notes because I summarize it. The Lord tells them all these great things, right? 
I drew out the boundaries. The land is yours. These people are yours to lead. You're the next leader. No one's going to be able to stand against you. I will not fail you, nor will I abandon you. Just be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I am with you wherever you go. Yes, yes, yes. The Lord is confirming all these things. Amen. But let's go to, let's go to Joshua 12. As the Lord confirms all these things, look what Joshua had to go through. I'm not making this stuff up. Chapter 12, verse 7, it says, the following is a list. Everyone say a list. How many of you have a list of things in your life that you are going through and you have gone through to get to the place where God has you? Joshua has a list. Some of you on that list is your marriage and what happened. On your children and what happened. Some of you on that list is that one time you got arrested. Some of you on that list, alcohol is on that list, drugs is on that list. Some of you on that list is, is other more intimate, personal things. Some of it continues, but there's a list. There's a past list, there's a present list, there's a future list. There's a list that we're conquering. The following is a list. I could do a whole message just titled the list, but maybe that's a future, uh, I don't know, that's good, the list. It's definitely not Santa's list, man. It's a list of the kings that Joshua and the Israelite armies defeated. On the west side of the Jordan from Baal in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak, which leads up to Sire, Joshua gave the land to the tribes of Israel as their possession, including the hill country, the western foothills, the Jordan Valley, the mountain slopes, the Judean wilderness of Negev. The people who lived in this region were the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, the Jebusites. You get it, right? All the enemies, enemyites. And these are the kings Israel defeated. I ain't joking. Ready? The king of Jericho, the king of Ai, near Bethel, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jermoth, the king of Lach, I don't even know how to pronounce these things, Lachish, the king of Eglon, the king of Gezar, the king of Debir, the king of Gedar, the king of Homar, Hormor, the king of Arad, the king of Libna, the king of Adulam, the king of Makedah, the king of Bethel, the king of Tapuah, the king of Hethra, the king of Aphek, the king of, I'm, I'm being very careful now because don't want to say something I shouldn't. The king of Lasharon, the king of Madong, the king of Hazar, the king of Shemrong Merong, the king of Ash, whatever, the king of Tanakh, the king of Megiddo, the king of Kadesh, the king of Jokneam in Carmel, the king of Dor in the town of whatever, the king of Goyim in Gigal, the king of Terzal, and, and, and just in this section, just in this list, just right here and all, 31 kings were what? That's the most powerful part of that verse, of that section. I'm going to name you 31 kings in his list. But as I name you, this is the most important thing you need to know about his list. Every single one of those were what? Were what? How do you think? Don't ever deviate. Don't ever turn. What do I do then? You meditate. On what? On my word. And do what? Obey all that is written in it. How do I meditate on it? Day and night. What do you mean by that? In the good and in the bad. What do you mean? When you're fighting with her and when you're not fighting with her. What? When they walk out on, with, out on you and when they stand with you. What? When, 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 when you win and when you lose. What? You never leave it. You meditate on that thing. And what? Be strong. What? Be courageous. What? Don't be afraid. What else? Don't be discouraged. Why? Because I'm with you, Joshua, wherever you go. And, and, if you do all these things, you will prosper. And you will have good success. That's the end. So the list is read to you, ladies and gentlemen. And every single one of those in the list has been defeated. 
I'm, I'm, I, I could name you a list. But I can't. The list in, the, in many more years will continue to grow. But I'm believing that as the list grows, the same outcome continues. They are all defeated. It is all defeated. For many more years to come, Lord, this is a horrible prayer to pray. It really stinks. But I'm willing to keep fighting battles that hurt as long as the end is always the end. And the nest defeated each one. I'm, I'm willing for that. I'm willing for that. All right. So Joshua 23. If you could turn there to Joshua chapter 23 and maybe stand with me and then we'll get going. You can eat your patelitos and all that healthy snacks that we have for you. You know, Sunday is international cheat day, so if you're healthy, today's the day. Adrian's giving me the not so accurate look, but you know what I mean. Joshua grows old. How many times have you been here and you've heard me say, pay attention to the last words that a dead man says? Pay attention to the last words that a dying man is saying. You say it all the time. Whenever a dying man is speaking, pay attention because he's saying the most valuable things that he could say. Why do you think people emphasize on the seven statements on the cross? There's a dying man speaking there. So they emphasize on the seven statements on the cross. Ever thought about that? So Joshua's a dying man. And because he's a dying man, he gathers all the elders. He gathers all the leaders, all the judges, all the officers of Israel. And he brings them into the headquarters as he's dying. And he begins to go over the allotment of the land. The 12 tribes have received the land. How's it going? It's going good for you guys? Good. That's what he's telling them. But he ends his statement as he's getting... You could almost picture Joshua old. He's filled with battle scars because Joshua was known to be a just ferocious warrior. He wasn't one of these leaders that his people fought and he stayed in the back watching he was actually if you study the life of Joshua the kind of leader that was in the forefront leading the charge to the battle how many of you would want a leader like that I'll, I'll follow him if he goes to fight with me and that's what Joshua does so he's probably filled with scars he's old he's breathing heavy he probably speaks with a heavy voice last words and he's gonna end his life how he started his life and his leadership and all I could write on my notes was this what a life what a testimony what faithfulness what a great leader may we end listen nest church and if you're a guest here for the first time or a revisiting guest listen 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 it's for you too May we end how we started. I want to end the same way, with the same passion, the same desire as I started in the little living room. That's what I'm, I want to end the same way I started. May we end how we started. I never want to lose that, that, that importance. And look at Joshua 23, 
verses 6, 7, and 8, and then I'll skip to 14 and 15. His last words, most important words that he's going to say. And look what he tells them. So be very careful. What do you think he's going to tell them? To follow everything Moses wrote in the book. Obey. You want success after I die? Your leader's dying. You want to know what to do now? What do I do? Joshua's dying. Forget about me. You continue where I leave off. What do I, where do I go? Continue to obey. Obey everything that Moses wrote in the book. Look what he says. Do not deviate from it. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Does, that, does this not sound like Joshua 1? But now we're towards the end, the last two chapters of, of the book. And he's repeating how the book started. And he's ending how the book started. The same beginning. The, the, the beginning is now in fast forward. It's at the end again. It's showing itself. Don't deviate. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with other people still remaining in the land. He's talking about the sinners, the heathens still remaining do not even mention the names of their gods much less swear by them or serve them or worship them come on don't be swayed by other people we're different we're different we're a, we're a group we're, we're a unit we're different they might do it like that and they might say it like that but but we're doing what god's called us and that's okay is it in the word? Are we doing it? Are we, are we being careful with God's word? Are we remaining in it? I'm fine with this. Rather, verse 8, cling, cling tightly to the Lord your God. As you've done this until now, I'm dying, man. And as I'm dying, I'm <gasps> Cling. Cling tightly. I can almost picture him saying it like that with his deep breath. <sighs> cling. As you've done until now. And then verse 14 and 15, he says, So you what do you so you fear the Lord and you serve him wholeheartedly since with, with sincerity, the new King James says. Wholehearted. How do you fear the Lord? By loving him with all of your what? With all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul. You fear him wholeheartedly. You put away forever idols that your ancestors worshiped. Put away the practices of your father. Put away the things of evil, the things of witchcraft. Put away these things. And look what he says. Serve the Lord alone. Come on. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, come on. You need to choose today who you're going to serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served on the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So what are you going to do, Nest Church? As for me and my family, we will, we will, we will, we will serve the Lord. We will. We will. We will. But you need to have a five-year plan. The heck with your five-year plan. I'm just surviving today by saying, I will serve the Lord today. And I will serve the Lord tomorrow. And I will serve the Lord the next day. And 11 years from now, my 10-year plan is 10 years from now. I'm still serving the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. You could have plans and you could have wishes and you could have demands. 
but I'm going to keep it so simple. From now on out for the rest of my life, here it is. My agenda, my purpose, my reasonable service for living is to serve the Lord with my family. If you're my family and I have my blood family, we will serve the Lord. Choose today whom you will serve. We will choose Jesus today and tomorrow. And we're going to continue. We will. So we say happy 11th birthday. We will. We will. And we will be strong. And we will be courageous. And we will not be afraid. And we will not be discouraged. For the Lord, my God, will be with us wherever we go. He's going to do his end of the deal. So I'm going to make sure I do my end of the deal. I will. Because if I will, he's always proven a positive record that he, he will in return. He will in return. Come on, how many of you will come and agree with me and say, from here on out, I will. I will serve the Lord. We will. We will not deviate. We will not turn. But we will serve the Lord. You may close your eyes with me. Meditate on the Lord. Examine yourself. Let's sing this song and let's end with the song. And when they end, Tito will closes off in prayer but Lord here we are as we sing this song to you that today that we will make this statement with our lives not just with words but like Joshua that Lord like the Israelites that that we will not turn that we will not do any of these things that you're called us to do but that we will do what you've called us to do and at the end of all this that we will serve you that Lord God in that is true prosperity is true success it's the, it's the way the kingdom defines it differently than the way the earth and the world defines it my prosperity comes from the Lord my success comes from you so I will and we will continue to go forward with every eye closed or with every heart being examined right now this is what I would love for you to do if, if you know that you're here and God is calling you and you know you need to give your life fully to him, wholeheartedly to love him because he's calling you home. He's calling you to live a life that is pleasing to him once and for all. I don't want you to worry about that person if that's you and you know, man, God is, is doing something today and I, he spoke to me and I, wanna, I want Jesus in my life. I want to make this, I want to confirm this today. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand where you're at and say, I want to give my life fully to Christ right now where I'm at. Anyone here desires to do that, you, you, you can do that today. Amen, 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 amen. Church, help me say this. Say, Lord, thank you for today. This prayer is words. It's just words. But Lord, it comes from a heart that is crying out. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. Reign in me. Wash me clean. That I may serve you for the rest of my life. Forgive me of all sins. 
wash them clean. My redemption, my salvation, my healing is in you, Christ Jesus. It's in your name. And together we say, Amen. Come on, let's give them some praise.